0: Yeah
1: see, we are starting a brand new book of the Bible today. Now, it's not a new book to the Bible, right? So let's be careful. It's not the second book of opinions or anything like that. We're starting the book of Ruth, and the book of Ruth is an amazing book. This book should take us right up until Christmas Eve day, the 24th of December. And then, of course, on the uh, New Year's Eve day, I'll be doing uh, a yearly prophecy update on that, and that'll take us to the end of the year. But Ruth should take us right up until Christmas. And Ruth is an, an amazing book, an amazing story. But before we start, I have a, another story to tell you. So, and I think it's kind of a cute story. You might not think it's so funny, but I do. So, uh, It's a story about a little church in the Midwest, a little tiny church. And uh, they did this thing once a month where they would bring the kids up to the front of the, the little sanctuary. And the pastor would sit on the stage and tell them a Bible story. And he would have them interact. It was once a month. There were only like five kids in their ministry, in their children's ministry. But he brought these kids up, and he started telling them a story. And he said, today, kids, the example in our story, I'm going to use a very cute little animal. A very cute little animal that lives in a tree, goes up and down the tree. Does anybody know what that animal is? And the kids just looked at each other sheepishly, and nobody answered. And the pastor was like, oh, maybe I just need to give them more details. He said, so the example today, I'm going to use a little animal. It's a furry little animal, has a long tail. Lives in a tree, goes up and down a tree. Does anyone know? Once again, the little kids just looked around and they didn't want to answer. Nobody seemed to want to answer, and the pastor getting a little worried and frustrated. Maybe, but um, so he's like, "Okay, I just need to give him more, more uh, insight." Okay, little guys, listen. So he tells them, he says, "Boys and girls, I'm talking about a little animal, furry tail." Cute little animal to make cartoons about him. He lives in a tree, goes up and down a tree. He eats nuts, he shoves them in his cheeks. Sometimes he gets big fat cheeks. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? And again, nobody raises their hand. He's and the pastor's like, What am I doing wrong? And he said, he looked at the kids. Now remember, these kids were well taught in Sunday school. The little kids looked around, and then finally one little boy raises his hand timidly, sheepishly, and the pastor's relieved, and he goes, Oh, yes, Tommy, Tommy, what is the answer? And he goes, Well, Here's the thing, Pastor, I know every answer is Jesus, but that sure sounds like a squirrel. <laughs> and I, I just think that is such a cute story. But I think it's applicable for what we're doing today. Because here's the thing, the answer when we're talking about the Scripture, it's always Jesus. No matter what the story around it is, remember that Jesus himself said that all Scripture, all Scripture speaks of him. And so today, as we study the book of Ruth, remember... We're going to see something powerful. You know, today's sermon title is Bitter or Better, but really the title of Ruth as a book is The Love Story. And you'll see why if you don't already know. But let's pray. Father God, thank you. Thank you for your word and thank you, Lord, for the impact your word has in our lives. We know it's alive, it's living and active, and it's able to shape us and mold us and change us and correct us and direct us. And Lord, help your word do that today. Help me to get out of the way. Lord, these are your people. We're your people. Lord, speak to us today through the power of your spirit, through the power of your word. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. And so again, the book of Ruth, just four chapters, just four chapters, but powerful chapters. This book is an amazing book. You know, it's it's an amazing book for many reasons, not just to the, to the Jewish people, to the Hebrew people of that day and to all day, but also to every Gentile, and especially every Gentile believer. This book is special. It's very special because of what we're going to see in it. Now, I think it's also appropriate that the book of Ruth is the eighth book of the Bible because eight is the number of new beginnings. And that's really what the book of Ruth is all about. It's about those new beginnings. As I told you, it's the love story. And overall though, It's a love story, but it's also a human story. There's tragedy. There's a lot of circumstance in this that many of us who've been through tragedy and and life, we understand what it feels like. We understand. And so this is really a book, a story, uh, uh, four chapters for anyone who's ever felt lost or alone, for anyone who's ever suffered tragedy or felt abandoned, especially for those who've felt that maybe God has abandoned you, maybe right now. Or maybe previously in your life, you felt like even God abandoned you. And this book brings you hope. Other huge themes of the book of Ruth, though, is, of course, redemption and grace. The Hebrew word for redemption is actually used 23 times in the book of Ruth. In the four chapters of Ruth, it's used 23 times. It's a powerful book. And the book is one of only two, I think you know this, right? If you've studied, um, that are named for women. Esther and Ruth. But Ruth didn't write it. We know Ruth didn't write this book, but I will tell you this. From the Talmud and from Jewish tradition, they believe it was the prophet Samuel who wrote this. And that's what they've always said. And there's some evidence for that. And it's probable when you consider the time frame. One of the reasons is we know Samuel was alive during David's life. We know he anointed David. And then he wasn't around, though, for Solomon. And what we're going to see in chapter 4 is we see David, the lineage of David, but we won't see Solomon. So there is some evidence there. And biblical archaeologists also and scholars tell us they've pinpointed this story of Ruth takes place during the time of judges. More specifically during chapter between chapters 3 and chapter 16. I don't know how they know it. I just read it in a book. So, but I'm just telling you they seem to have evidence that that's when they think this book occurred, this story occurred but we're gonna find that it is the general time period of the book of Judges from the very first line, the very first verse of this, of this book. But if you're familiar with the time of Judges, it's a 400-year time period in Israel that wasn't real good. <laughs> People were doing wicked things, and we know from the very last verse in Judges just exactly why. Judges 21:25 says this, In those days there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. Sound familiar? oh, the more things change, right? So here's the thing. It was a 400-year time period, basically, when Israel rebelled and Israel was in sin. But here's another thing to look at, important as we dive into the book of Ruth. It starts in Bethlehem, in Judea, in Israel. It moves to Moab, and then it moves back to Bethlehem. And if you know, what the word Bethlehem, it's two words. It's bet and lechom. And I don't want to spit on anybody, so I'll be careful. But bet means house. And the other word, I won't repeat, it means bread. So it means house of bread. That's what Bethlehem means. It means the house of bread. And so we see this family is going to be leaving the house of bread to sojourn, which means to go temporarily into a pagan land, into a pagan place called Moab, because there was a famine in the land. Ironic when you think about it. Those in the house of bread had to leave because there was no bread. But that's what spiritual famine will do. And this is what we know. We know in Deuteronomy chapter 11, God gave Israel promises. And he told them, this is part of the Mosaic covenant, not to be confused with the Abrahamic covenant, which is about the land. I won't go into that today, but he gave them some promises. And he said, if you obey me, in chapter 11 of Deuteronomy, verses 13 through 15, he said, if you obey me, you will always have the early and the latter rain. You will always have abundant crops, fat livestock, and a plentiful harvest. But he also told them in that same chapter If you disobey, other things would come. Verses 16 and 17, he says this in the scripture, it says this, "'Take heed to yourselves, lest your heart be deceived, and you turn aside and serve other gods and worship them. Lest the Lord's anger be aroused against you, and he shut up the heavens so that there be no rain, and the land yield no produce, and you perish quickly from the good land which the Lord is giving you.'" And that's exactly what was going on in Israel during this time period. There was famine in the land because there was spiritual famine in the land. And, uh, you know, the other thing about this is whenever Israel walked in the Spirit, you know, the Spirit of God was upon, um, whenever they did what God had called them to do, they were blessed. And whenever they rebelled and walked in their flesh, they, of course, found judgment. And this is why I want to remind us all today, if anyone ever gives you that horrible piece of advice, okay, just please listen. If anyone, you're going through a situation, you, you talk to somebody and they give you this advice, Follow your heart. Just do what your heart tells you. Here, could you just do me a favor? First of all, run from them. And as you're running, just yell back at them. That's crazy. And then quote this first, Jeremiah 17, 9. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? (laughs) Now, here's the great thing about being a believer, being a Christian, is that we get new hearts, but we're still in this frail flesh. We get new hearts. We get the Spirit of God in us, but we still have flesh. We still have emotions. And so this is telling us, don't be one of those who trust your emotions. Trust the word of God. Seek God in prayer. Put all of those emotions and your heart and everything in it under the covering of Christ. Don't trust your heart. Your heart will lie to you. Don't trust your flesh. Your flesh wants to fulfill its own little sinful deeds. Trust the Lord. Trust his word. Trust his spirit. Seek after him. And in this book, we're going to see that there was indeed a famine because people trusted in their own hearts, in their own flesh. They did what they wanted to do, what was right in their own eyes. And so here's the other thing. During the time of Judges, the people of Israel were told told to eradicate the wicked out of the land, and they didn't do it. And that's a picture of sin in our own lives. We're told to get the sin out of our lives. Well, here's the thing. They didn't take care of what they were supposed to And what happened was they started worshiping the same same pagan gods that the enemies of Israel were worshiping. They began to worship false gods, false idols. They began to build these great, uh, even temples, but mostly just pagan altars to these false deities. And uh, among these false deities, these pagan gods, these demonic forces, was Baal. And you've heard of Baal, but his goddess Ashtaroth. And I won't go into details, but they would worship... Baal and Ashtaroth in their union, because they believed in their union that they would bring fertility to the land, not only with the people, but with the crops. But God was showing them, no, no, you're going against my law. You're going against my will.
0: This has been Hold Fast, a radio outreach ministry of Golgotha Fellowship in Nampa, Idaho. Thank you for listening today. If you would like to hear this message again, or any other in their entirety, please visit golgothafellowship.org. Our fellowship meets in Southeast Nampa, and our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. For more information, visit our website. Until next time, may the Lord richly bless you.
1: Hi, folks. Pastor Marty here. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the teaching today. You know, it's my prayer that it's encouraged you to continue faithfully in the study of God's Word. I think it's so crucially important that these days the body of Christ stay grounded and anchored in the Word of God